Good morning, coffee moanings, coffee moaners. Are we already live? I hope so. <laughs> you said live. I know, but I didn't know whether they caught up with us yet. Good morning, whether you are on podcast, whether you are just here looking at our lovely little faces. Oh, Nancy, you've we got are. a lovely little face. Love our lovely little faces. Oh, you've got a lovely little face. I haven't seen the guys, have I, since the beginning of Vlogmas? No. What? Are you enjoying the it? Curly Cooks, that was it. Oh, yeah, Curly Cooks. The Curly Cooks, I can't even remember the Curly Cooks this Saturday. Oh, it's all Christmassy, wasn't it? Yes. Um, Mark made a Nutella Christmas tree. We did, he did well, until he, but he put too much Nutella. Observant, observant observers realise <laughs> I had a go at I think, in the past as well. No, uh, I've done it. Oh, you've done it. Oh, yeah, right, no, but the I, observant followers who said, we see that Mark's Nutella Christmas tree didn't make it to yeah, the ground. Well, well, I didn't see that. And then I heard it and I felt, I felt marginalised. Because it couldn't go in with our beautiful food. I made actually. I love the things I made. I made a gorgeous. Well, clearly, Christmas you posted tree. all about them. I made a gorgeous Christmas <laughs> tree garlic herby thing, which we made some really nice Christmas say, food. Actually, that was a dish that kept getting better the longer you applied yeah. detail to it. So, if you missed the curly cooks on Saturday and you're looking for ideas around Christmassy Dina, Dina's vegan um, Nut cracker. Rose cracker. Was delicious. Don't talk to me about Dina. Was she's a dirt, she's a dirty name for me. And the thing that's my sister Dina. We cooked together. If Morning, you're new Reese. to here, and I and I ate a great big lump of it after she went. But I thought I was stealing it. I was really scared when she came back round. Um, <laughs> but she'd actually left it for me. My sister's very scary. Yeah, no, and, and on that note, thanks ever so much, Cloda, for reminding us of hashtag Save the Village. Um, you just keep watching this space. It's Christmas it's, wars are on. It's broken out in all sorts of kind of terrible sort of situations are broken out on Vlogmas, and it's not good, it's not tolerated, and I'm just biding my time. Like any good individual put under duress, backed into a corner, given fewer and fewer options, uh, one eventually, reluctantly, just strikes for gold. And that's what. Oh, I'm you're going to put the link underneath. The links are always are always going to be there. Yeah, there'll be links links along the top. What are we at now? Two minutes eighteen. Go up there. There'll be a link there. To vlogmas, if you missed it, join this because they're all uploaded. But put it join this way: them. I'd be lying if I didn't say, Ellery, I'm slightly traumatised by what's going on. I might be editing it. I might be making it, but I'm not enjoying it. <laughs> I don't like it. I, and, and I don't. What I don't really understand. We're having a lot of fun. What I don't really understand is how suddenly I have no say in Christmas. I haven't pulled down. Well, ah, you haven't seen what we pulled down. Yesterday was off camera was the most astonishing day. I have woke up this morning and I have never felt every part of my body ache quite so much. <laughs> my fingertips are blunt. I can't feel my toes and my lower back <laughs> is so painful. I don't know how I'm going to be able to Who'd do get, anything. It's getting past 50, babe. You need to stretch. I know I do. I'm, I'm calcifying. <laughs> It's awful. So yeah. what are we going to be talking about today? So we're going to talk about man boobs. We're going to talk about, well, actually, it's not just man boobs. This is about, it was just an interesting piece by a chap or about a chap who has had male breast reduction. And the reason I wanted to talk about this was this is something that I think we all joke about and we all laugh about, but it's actually very serious for, actually, I would argue, all men, not just a few men, but all men worry about this. Um, have you got the riz? Have you got the riz? Stick with us, you'll find, out, us, what you'll find out what that means. Jane Fonda has, has thrown the cat amongst the pigeons and said she can't stand old skin. Yep. So if she had to date someone, it would have to be younger than her. Um, I've got a very brief clip about Florence Pugh that alarmed me. 
Um, and what else have we got? Oh, and gift buying, the art of gift buying. It's, you know, I think, I think gift buying is both a stress and a joy, not receiving, but getting the right gift for the right person. Or as this piece talks about, what does it say? Um, I've lost the article and that's really frustrating. Where is it? 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 Uh, 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 I've got it. You've got it. Okay. Um, how to, here we go. How to master the art of giving genuinely, genuinely good, good Christmas gifts, gifts rather than tax. It's good, yeah. yeah. You know I mean? And, you'll and be it stopped and made me think just this morning, you know, don't rush and buy any If you're rushing, well, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, and very briefly, we're going to talk about the perils and dangers and difficulties, really, of, of teaching kids or talking to kids in school about the Israel-Palestine crisis and also the, the fact that Generation Z or Gen Z, Gen Z, are much more why perhaps or or are they to which side are they more drawn and and where do their sort of not loyalties but where does their understanding sit with and we'll be doing that to at the, the end. end yeah so what are we doing first well man boobs let's do man boobs because um when mark sent me this article i went yeah okay so it's a good article and it's interesting but it's very niche because it was this particular yeah, it was man a who's niche. Because he's, because he he actually started to grow breasts, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, Which I just thought, that's rare. I mean, obviously people can put on weight and get moves, but if you're actually growing right. breasts, oh, so you that's thought, a niche thing. Right, so that's niche, yeah. He yeah. struggled for years with something called gynocomastia, which is a medical condition that causes male breasts to become larger. Um, this, this chap, tragically, a Londonderry guy, said he considered taking his own life it was so bad. I can. Do you know what? Some people might think that that's really extreme, but I can no, I completely don't. understand that in an absolutely body obsessed world. Mm. And I mean, you know, it, this is what if this isn't somebody that's put on weight. This is actually growing breasts. It is a hormonal thing, and you can imagine how how awful that must be actually for like you know all the situations where you're not going to want to take your top off yeah Um, relationships holidays everything so gynecomastia can be uh, caused by obesity puberty but also old age and i think you know as men get older and i presumably i mean i'm presuming again it's to do with hormonal shifts and changes i mean most older men you know we all lose muscle density don't we we all kind of add however much one tries to hold on to it and tries to be an arnie i've you know over the years when i was younger i did lots and lots of chest exercises and lots of kind of weights and i know that at the point that i became my most overweight and i think that was about when we set up the channel wasn't it four or five years ago and i started that joe wicks and i did that before and after photograph the part of my body two parts of my body that i think as a man you're most sort of fixated on apart from sort of face and all that kind of stuff is your chest and your love handles um and i think is that the, true for any men watching here as and, well? yeah and i think the chest for me when i look at my body now and it's in no way perfect and i'm actually struggling with the entering into christmas now and we're going to talk about this kind of thing around body dysmorphia food body image and all that kind of stuff the part the part that i'm most pleased with or the past that part that i look at and i sort of think oh thank god i've made progress there is the chest is the chest um so because is that is that like is that what men well you can't talk for all men but you're just generalizing is that where you think a woman 
is most focused? Is this about how women perceive you? Is this about how other men perceive you? I think it's about it? I think it's about women, and I think it's about what you wear, and I think it's about when you sort of take your clothes off and you get into the sea. And see, I thought men were most obsessed with their stomachs more than their love hands. Well, I mean, it's so like all, but maybe this is younger men, like the men, yeah. and especially gay men, friends mm. of mine at work. It's all about the six pack and how they're never going to get one and how that really is inhibiting for them in the dating scene and all of that. Well, I think where it changes is as you get older is for all those young men, and I'm thinking of quite a few who are young, ripped, you know, look good, have the time, have the single life, have the inclination, have the sort of romantic kind of setup where there's real impetus to keep that body looking perfect. What happens for men and it's happened to body, it happens to bodybuilders an awful lot, a lot of sports people who are really well toned, is it transitions to fat quite quickly as you get mm. older. And when, you've, when you're carrying it, it becomes really hard to lose it. Mm. And I think where men's emphasis on what they worry about sits most is dependent on age. And I, I would say, this is going to sound pretty simplistic, the reason men are more interested in their stomach uh, and down there is it's more localized to where all the action gets on and it's easier to keep your chest kind of uh, sort of trim when you're when you're younger it just simply is. and as you get older as a man when you I think it's to do with the chest you walk into a room your chest is shown so I'm deeply so conscious like almost it's the kind of Robin Vain male. Thing. Yeah. yeah and so I get very con- you know I, I used to get very conscious and I, I still can you know I mean like even now even the other day we were shooting something silly and I was like oh my god have I put on my and it's always around the chest it's yeah. always around the chest that mm. for men. So it's I just, so this chap managed to get them reduced, didn't he? Yeah. On, uh, on the national health. I yeah. If we'll be seeing more of that. But he, t- I just thought his story was really moving. He said, "I, I didn't have the courage to speak out. Always had a bigger chest from a younger age compared to others. It always knocked my confidence. Mm. Felt like I didn't want to be here anymore. And mm. yeah, he had the surgery, and I think it's a similar type of surgery, isn't it? Yeah, to probably. people who are transitioning. Um, and yeah, or, and he just feels so much or better. People for it. that are having a reduction. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I just thought again, but we are going to talk, aren't we, about body We've image? We've got a plan, actually, haven't we? We're going to start doing some live chats around um, body image, male and female ones, aren't we? Yeah. So we, we want to get like a sort of regular group going where people can talk about and share their share their shit about yeah. dysmorphic feelings a couple of interesting comments here i just want to read out Catherine cronin isn't it isn't funny how in some cultures moves might actually be a sign of strength e.g sumo wrestlers yeah. or certain tribal cultures yeah absolutely and ellie denning um my dad doesn't like taking his shirt off on holiday bless him i think he looks great but always has been worried oh. about it bless i think i've never really thought about men well there's because there are lots of men who are quite you know you get the type of man who's quite happy to have his beard out and doesn't really care but i think for any there are an awful lot of men who don't like to just take their top off and, and run around and jump up and down mm. and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So, and yeah, um, so I just think sometimes important to say, that. is it worth moving maybe to Jane Fonda off the back of that? Well, yeah. So this is this is an interview she did on a podcast. Now, I'm sure a lot of this is done tongue in cheek. Yeah, you know, doesn't 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 shift well into print, does it? But she said if she the but. The thing that upset me about this piece, when she says, oh, um, I, I, I'm 86, I'm done. If I was going to take a lover, they would have to be in their 20s and be, because I don't like old skin. Mm. And I think she's probably the lover in their 20s. She's kind of joking there. But I, 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 
she then goes on to say that she's 86 and even in the dark, nobody should see her body. Yeah, she throws herself under the bus as much as anyone else. Now, I understand her saying that, but it does make me sad. It really does make me sad because as I go on, as I get older, I try to have more acceptance. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I look at certain parts of my skin, like more and more I can do this and it stays where it was. And it's the weirdest, strangest feeling. And... But I don't want to move into the next phase of life hating on myself in a different way. So I'm very, very conscious of always saying I'm grateful to be him, great being older and wiser and all these sorts of things. Just now, on that point, can has... I just pause you on that point? I find one of the most inspiring things you've said in recent years, the thing about, and we've talked about this in relationship to some of the tragic sort of things that are going on with people you know. Mm. Uh, but I use that line. I know you think stuff kind of never goes in, but I use the line that you use often about if I say, oh, it's another birthday or I'm feeling like this or I look like this. Mm. And you go, we made it and other people did yeah. it to this age. I'm and so I think grateful. That, that's such an, I find that really useful. Yeah. And it does. Yeah. And it has been one of the, you know, great things amongst the total tragedy of knowing the young people that we know that are. Yeah. You know, not going to make it through cancer or not going to make it. And they would do anything. They would, like, for them to read that about her saying that, you know, when we're young, we have to, as we get older, try and just release from that stuff mm. because it's a privilege to get older. Mm. So many people don't make it. And I think Jane Fonda, you know, 86, <laughs> do you remember a few years ago when me and Stacey flew yeah, out yeah, to yeah. LA yeah, to yeah, interview absolutely. her? Yeah, yeah. She, you know, she is trimmed and toned and honed with the body of a 27-year-old. She's got, I mean, you saw her naked on stage. She's got fake boobs. She's got, and I thought, wow, you know, all that brilliant. Because she's got a brilliant brain, Jane so Fonda. Sharp. She is so smart. Mm. She really is so smart. Mm. And I really, really liked her. And I just think, just don't say stuff like that. Well, because we want to look to you and go, you know, not not that a figure looks great, just that she's she's looked after herself, you know, both in mm. body and mind. Mm. Um, yeah, a couple I of comments here. Yeah. Francesca Bastos, I love Jane Fonda. I love her transparency about her conditioning. She does so much for the world and young people. But she grew so up amazing. in a much unfairer time. For she women. did. It's very true. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because that brain, and yet still, well, I mean, God, of course, she's a Hollywood star, so it's even worse. Mm. But but she can't rid herself of that. Have to put yourself down. Have to say you wouldn't look at yourself naked. Have to say that you wouldn't, mm. you know, all of that stuff. Because the interview that we did with her was all about a movie about mm. two old people mm. falling in love. And she said in the interview, who wants to see all two old people kissing on screen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that's another big taboo. People go, ugh, sex, old people, ugh. I'm listening to this amazing podcast at the moment of this 85-year-old woman who's having an affair with a 50-year-old man. And to hear her talk about being a sexual being, I had to, like, force my... I was like, oh, oh, God, all right. And then I was like, no, let go, actually listen to her. The feelings are the same. Exactly, exactly. You and know? I think and I think it's really important to say Jane Fonda is one of those characters who she's incre- got an incredibly droll, self-deprecating sense of humour. Sure, this this is very gallows humour. I, I think mean, she, she, she says, I'm done, I'm over. I'm 86 year old, years old. Even in the dark, I wouldn't want to be naked in front of someone. Uh, she said, uh, aging herself a few weeks since she turned 86 on, uh, she turns 86 on December 21st. Hilariously, though, in the yeah. interview that we did five years ago for the film, all she was saying is that 
we have to be more accepting. Oh, oh, right. <laughs> it, she says, here's another thing. I'm ashamed to say this. If I were to take a lover, he'd have to be 20 because I don't like old skin. And consequently, I don't want to foist that on anybody else. I assume other people are like me. I just don't like old skin. Now, but I, but can the, I the just point a... is, you need to get somebody of your age, like my dad looks at my mum and goes, she hasn't aged at all because of age to get... If you get someone who's 20, they're not going to like yeah, yeah, skin. And that's why I really had sympathy <laughs> for your dad when rather everyone was jokingly talking about, you know, whether they would have procedures. And your dad was horrified, wasn't he, when, at the thought that your mum said, oh, well, mom's... I'd have a facelift. He'd yeah. be like, well, that'd be so strange to suddenly be with someone who... As you rightly say, you've got older with, and then suddenly. But I think there's something really that you know that I know what she. I don't. I'm not saying I know what she's talking about in terms of soft skin. Is she talking about that sort of sense of slightly papery? Yes. Yeah. What's I mean, of that? course, gorgeous, youthful, plump, lovely skin is delicious. But we don't get to have everything all the way through life, do yeah, exactly. we? We don't. We we just exactly. you have to go with what's what's. You know. yeah. Yeah. Okay. I thought Sarah wouldn't have a facelift. So. Oh, I thought we'd say, I was not Sarah wouldn't have a twenty. Not Sarah wouldn't have a necklift. I would. <laughs> Someone gave me off me a free necklift. I'd have it. Okay. So, have you got the riz? Who's got the riz? This sounds a bit. I thought this meant. Well, okay. Well, let, let, let's pause now. I first heard this word used. Uh, we were doing rehearsals about six weeks ago, and my actor. There was a moment where we came off script, and he was doing a little bit of improvisation, <laughs> improvisational. And at one point, as he was staggering around saying something, he said, oh, has he got the riz? And Never I did this thing where I'm going to talk with him about this in a couple of weeks. I said, I don't know. Oh, oh, like, you got what? the riz. No, like, he, I knew, I thought he meant he's got the rhythm, he's got the moves, he's got the grooves. But actually, no, what he meant is the riz is, is kind of the gift of the gap, the, bit, the ability to chat up or flirt with potential partners. Um, so this is one of the Oxford Dictionary uh, slang words of the year. And it's a word for is romantic appeal or charm. Yeah, they're popping oh. it in. It's one of eight words on a short list, all chosen to reflect the mood, ethos or preoccupations of 2023. Having the riz. Um, it might not mean anything to you for your Generation Z, but it's used massively online with billions of views of the hashtag Riz on TikTok. Oh. And according to the Oxford University Press, uh, which uh, publishes the Oxford English Dictionary, it's defined as style, charm or attractiveness and the ability to attract a romantic or sexual partner. Oh, and it's thought to be a shortened version of the word charisma. Have you got the Riz? Does anyone here have the Riz? I, I, I thought we'd talk about this only because there's we, we had the chat about big swinging dicks the other day, didn't we? And I wonder whether if you've got a big swing, if you've got the big, no, what's it, big no, swinging so dick energy. You said the wrong thing. No, what did I mean? Big dick energy. Big, Nothing big, is swinging. <laughs> big, big swinging dick energy. No, 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 big dick energy. Oh, okay, just big dick energy. So we were talking about that. I, I reckon if you've got big dick energy, you're going to have the riz too, aren't you? Isn't that right? I Julie have... Hilton says, Mark, you have the riz, hasn't he, Nadia? Who thinks Mark's got the riz? Thanks, guys. Who's got the riz? Well, you have got the riz, but I think sometimes you get too shy to use your riz. Well, because I'm married. No, with me. Oh, oh, I see. Uh, I don't know if that's true. Okay, I'm gonna. Okay, maybe this should be. This should be. This could be a have to stay married. On that note, I agree. I think you're probably right. But I think in a long-term marriage, one starts to back back off from showing the riz or doing the riz or giving the riz. I don't know what you do. Demonstrating the riz. <laughs> uh, because you think sometimes I go for the, something like whatever the riz is and I see that you're quite distracted. You're listening to a podcast. And it's probably bad timing. So I, I bail out. Go 
and talk to yourself in the garden. I have. Listen and to I that didn't get anywhere. Terrible I didn't get anywhere. <laughs> Listen to that terrible <laughs> excuse. I do want to do the Riz, but you've got your listening. No, 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 hang on. Podcast. I didn't I didn't hang on. You inserted a whiny about, voice. I'm talking about, say for instance, we go out for a meal and I sit opposite you. Yeah. you and I've got the Riz, no doubt about it. I have okay, got no, the Riz. Right. I have, I know I have. I I don't have many skills, but one of my skills is I have the Riz. Which is what? Well, the ability to like have good and chat. So why, so, and I don't when we go out for a meal. No, what I'm saying is, when I give you Riz, you get shy and your oh. and your eyebrow starts to twitch, which is sweet because it means you still get nervous when I give you the Riz. Yeah, but when I give you the Riz, you are no, usually... I love it when you give me the Riz. Yeah, but you're usually doing something else, babe. Shut up with that! It makes you sound pathetic. Or not, I'm not trying to be. It's a fact. It's a practical Mark. fact. Mark, when I did Mark, the Riz in the restaurant last time, for not, no, hang on, hang on, it's not. I give you the when Riz, I did but you're the riz, distracted. When I did the Riz in the restaurant, for saying I didn't know. giving good Riz if I'm distracted. For saying I didn't know what the Riz was, I've suddenly got a huge grasp of it. <laughs> <laughs> when I was trying to do the Riz in the restaurant the other day, I did the Riz to you, and you were you were looking in a different direction, and you missed my Riz. You missed well, my Riz. Well, pull yourself together. If somebody's missed your Riz, your Riz wasn't good enough. I don't go, oh, I did a really good Riz and nobody listened to me. Well, then it wasn't Can a good I be Riz. The ju- shouldn't I be the judge of whether no. you're good at your Riz? No, I, I know well, I'm good at Riz. I'm a, but I'm opposite you. Yeah, yeah, but I'm good at it. Yeah, but I don't, I don't necessarily say, say you are. Tough tits. Well, if I you can't that. see the value of me, that's I get, Hang on, that's a different topic altogether. <laughs> Mark's got the Riz without even knowing it, says Nicola. Thanks. Uh, Francesca Bistos. Do the Riz. This is getting cryptic. <laughs> that chat sounds. This chat sounds really wrong together. Okay. Um, well, that's the Riz. It, it, maybe it you know on, someone's got the Riz. It's an ick word, says Catherine Cronin. Oh, it is an ick word. Is it? That's interesting. brilliant. That's brilliant because the character who the actor I was working with is playing has. <laughs> Hang on, Lee. Click on that. That's yeah, no, so no, no. Lee, <laughs> isn't it funny that you picked up on this? I was thinking of you as I said it. I love that. Around five minutes ago, you didn't know what the Riz was. Now you're arguing. <laughs> <laughs> Which just goes to say, show we're two brainless twerps full of hot air. <laughs> yes. Rizzy air. Lee's got the Riz. I'm going to go down to my mate in the shop. He said when he gets too pissed. Have you got any Rizzler? Oh, God, you see, that was, yeah. that that was, it. was, that was it. No, I hear so how it, that was. You just, you just withered on the vine. <laughs> <laughs> Sped up, withered on the vine. I don't like your cockiness. Look at you sitting there all my smug Riz. and certain of yourself. Your big swinging dick energy, babe. This is Riz. Uh, it's not Riz. It's objectionable. Yeah, but look, you're alive. Your blood's pumping. That's true, your actually. Skin's yeah, the skin's young. I feel it. It's much younger than yours. <laughs> next, <laughs> next time you try to feel my old skin, then I'll tell you to pop off. I love off. feeling it. Let me just get a little bit of breakfast just on your cheek. Oh no, sorry, it's a hair. Dinner. I don't have no breakfast yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Sorry if I keep doing this, guys. I'm suffering with my shoulders. So we're just going to move. Uh, let's move to gift giving. Let's move to gift giving. This is the art of giving gifts. Um, I I like this piece. <laughs> I suggest it to Nads. Can I just say, Lee, if you're there, your gift of Casa Amigos tequila. I drank the tequila last night and lit the candle. <laughs> Two beautiful gifts. Thank you so much. Is that much. why there was a small explosion at about 7pm? I heard it. Explosion. There was a huge bang. Was that when you poured the tequila and lit it? No, it was earlier. Oh, okay. 
That might, that might be why you were so all over the place. Oh, my God. If you know somebody that likes tequila, buy George Clooney's tequila as a special gift. <laughs> she I've was, not had the brown one before. She Lee. collapsed in the room I was in last night. I thought you, you looked like a ragdoll. Oh, my God. It was exhausting. Well, maybe I it was the tequila. all day. No, the tequila helped me do another three hours of clearing Did it? Up. Oh, yeah. a bit like ADHD drugs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how to master the art of giving gifts. I like this. I, I ran it past Nads to begin with. I could see she had that sort of withering riz like sort of, mm, yeah, what is it? This is a piece in, the, in the Independent, and it's called, and it's titled, How to Master the Art of Giving Genuinely Good Christmas Gifts. And I think the emphasis here is on genuinely good. Because how many of us... <laughs> Hang on a minute. Get or you gave give a level shit. of seriousness to that. That was not no, no. It's there. I mean, dramatic pause. Genuinely, Genuinely dramatic well, pause. We all, Genuinely, we're all going to get shit we don't want, and we're all going to have to sit there and pretend we want we it. We call it tut. It's not you know, like tut tut. Yeah, like tut. That's tut gear. But you get something, and you're like, oh, I like this. But you actually, in your head, you're thinking, I'm not going to put this anywhere. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do anything with this, and it's you feel bad because you don't want to be ungrateful. But also, I think that I think things like if you're rushing to buy somebody something, Lucy, and, Lucy and May, just... sorry, Lucy May, scared to give a gift now. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> and and you think you know, and you and you're really rushing, and you're really not sure whether somebody's going to like it. I think you just say to them, "Do you know what? Got completely overwhelmed." I'm going, I'm going to take more of my time and give it to you a bit later. Okay, well, I'm going to give you a user's guide to how you potentially can buy genuinely good gifts. Okay, yeah? Okay, we're going to run through this. This is as suggested we're going to run by the end of the dramatic pauses? Uh, we could, I think, a few dramatic pauses, yeah. Take <laughs> <laughs> lightning. You're slightly annoying. Okay, pay attention. I like this one. Pay attention. Now, we all think, oh, I'm going to buy you this, I'm going to buy you that, you're going to run out, get this, get that. We're fixing us rather than doing something for someone else. We're making ourselves feel better about making us feel like we've... What? Sorry. What did you just say? You sometimes don't like the presents. That, oh, that's not true. Don't start. You don't, don't, don't like start. the That's I not want. the risk. Look at you. Pour, pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me you a drink. You sometimes don't like it. Sometimes. Um, sometimes you don't like what you I You don't mean. like to hear what I want because you oh, don't want to buy me Oh, my God. That. Now you're telling me I don't do the very thing I think is actually... An, uh, for me, I like to... I, I think I'm a good gift, gift, gift buyer. You're a wonderful gift buyer. But, but you oh, do... You are, are a bit of a gift, a you are a bit of a gift snob. Why are you getting... So if I say something you and you don't think that gift is up to standard... That's not true. Pots Mark. and pans I have indulged you in... And it's the most boring never... thing I've ever bought you no, in my life. But I know you love them. No, but the thing is, that's not nice when you say to me. When I, I get scared, you say to me, what do you want? And when I want a sharp knife, I don't know what you to say. You get a sharp knife. Because I know you want me to say. Wait a minute. Oh, a Paris perfume or a pair no. of neg or a negligee but that's very expensive. No. But what I actually want is a sharp knife. Um, I get you a sharp knife. Because I... Hang on, hang on. You're ignoring the fact that you get the gift you want. And you'll get something thoughtful too. What more do you want? You get the thing Hang you on. want, because I've listened to you. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. I didn't realise you were in this sort of frame of mind. It's really quite annoying. Pay attention. <laughs> it might like sound like stating the obvious. The easiest way to choose a meaningful gift is to listen carefully. I, do you know what? I think you, I think pop you wouldn't kettle, buy kettle, me a, you wouldn't you buy me a Hoover. If I asked for one, you'd say no. You wouldn't look into what filmmakers I'm into and no. think, oh, maybe there's a new book out. No. Well, I'll go and have a look I, and see what. You, 
Would you? Do you want me to take them into your room? No, I don't. Right. Well, shush. But what I'm saying is we could all listen more. This is a li- nice, useful list listen, for you guys. Listen, This is turning into the this Grinch again. This really makes me cross. Oh, Because for Christ. you to say you could listen to the directors that I, I It's an example. If you knew how it's much time example. I have spent looking for a particular thing for you, years, years, and one day I'm going to be able to afford to buy it. Oh. Nothing. What's going on? Because I've dinner. listened. Dinner. I've listened. What? It's not dinner. Dinner. Dinner with Scorsese. Anyway, look. Dinner let's, with let's Scorsese. Get, let's get Hang on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> let's I get... don't want dinner with. A... Oh, that's good. Oh, I'll cross that <laughs> off my list then. He doesn't want dinner with Scorsese. Okay. So paying attention. Have I'm they? Too have they picked up a new hobby recently? <laughs> Booked a holiday that might require some specific bits of kit. This is nice. This is useful. All this kind of stuff, isn't it? Once we move past writing letters to Santa, the best gifts aren't necessarily the biggest or fanciest, but the ones that show you've paid attention to what they want. Like every time I get a pan out that somebody's given me that I love, or like Lee, you know, when I lit the candle and I, had it, I literally remember the person and I get that nice feeling of the gift. So, so the pan. if you buy me a sharp knife, every single time Who I cut you something, the pan? what pan? You just said when oh, I get no, a pan out, so you can have a nice thought about I do, I do. it. So it's happened. Exactly. It's worked. But, no, but what you don't understand there is romance in it. Babe, 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 babe. Oh, when I gave oh. you the box of pans, I was wearing nothing. <laughs> That's what and I mean. You were distracted. The you weren't interested nothing, in my riz. The wearing nothing is not romantic. It was the when the pan is... was on my knob. Nobody thinks nudity is romantic. It is when you've got a load of pots and pans. Give us the definition of romance. Okay, take something they use, this is tip two, and upgrade it. Another relatively straightforward gifting thing is think about, think, hang on, think about the stuff your intended recipient uses in their day-to-day life and maybe get them a fancier version, a type of a t-shirt or jumper that they constantly have on rotation. Is there another version of it? So, like, I suppose if you like it, I don't know, uh, if you like, uh, what are these things called that you always like? Turtles. I'm desperate for a pony, Nick. I've bought you so many over the years. Mark. You have oh never. Oh, my God. So you have clearly <laughs> never worn your polo necks that I've got you and thought, oh, oh, polo neck. I've never wanted to buy a polo neck in my life. I've bought you at least six over the years that we've been together, and I've seen you wear one, on, one once polo or twice. Polo neck what? Black polo neck top. Oh, my God. Why are you looking at me like Because it? I can't believe I've never managed to find a black polo neck. I've... When I've asked you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What are those stupid socks you like, made of the material that comes from the rarest sheep on planet fucking Zol? Soft socks? No, not just soft socks. <laughs> no, <laughs> the socks that the head of BBC One was almost fired for buying someone. That was a bangle. And it was my bangle. It was, it was the bangle she bought me. What's it called, that really soft material that, whenever I say, what do you like when you go, Mothsate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you and Dean. Is... Oh my God, I love cashmere so much. Cashmere socks? I've got your cashmere socks. No, cashmere you haven't. Tops, no. Cashmere scarves? Cashmere. Oh my Lord. Susan Mann wants socks with toes. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is turning into how to stay married. Practical presents aren't always a red flag. We should just do presents that, for, for That's hands. it. That's what we've just Practical had that presents, yeah. Don't go all in on personalisation. This is a really good point. Don't put someone's name all over it. That's bad. Well, it depends. I find it very, very sweet when people do no, it. No, 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 no. It's sweet. But if that's all I've done for you every year of my yeah. life. Oh, yeah. You know, that's what I mean. Repeatedly. Every now and then, it's really, really nice. It's lovely. Um, how, uh, what else? Try something sentimental. 
Oh, I don't know. Photo album. Well, how about the video films that I've done for you? Now, now, I was going to say this. Get the comments up so we can see that you're getting love. Get the comments up. There is nobody on this earth that has given me presents like Mark because he makes me the most beautiful films of photos set to the most beautiful. It's like they're just so beautiful. We can never show them to you because we can't put the music up. Well, and also but, the girls don't want all the photos shown. Yeah, but they're so beautiful. And every year it makes me cry. And then this year on my birthday, our eldest did one for me. And oh my God, you know what? It was the most beautiful thing in well, so many did, different yeah, ways. Because was nice. she was, she was, yeah, sorry, sorry. It was a shared one. Best mum and dad, wasn't it? And um, it was so beautiful for lots of reasons. But for me, a big part of watching it was like, wow, this child over the years has watched how you've loved me and how you've done that. And she's just picked up these skills. So the way that she changes the music and holds the photo, it's not just like loads of music photos stuck together with music, so beautifully done. And the hours that that must take to find all the photos and do anything, it's just the most beautiful gifts, honestly. Mm. The things that you've made me, like the beautiful painting you did up there, and yeah, um, and then of course my pans are number one. Yeah, and I loved getting you your pans and giving them to. Someone just said, "Look, I'm going to read." Uh, where was it? Uh, you just Mandy says, "Just give her a riz mark." <laughs> uh, Zoe Agnew, if I see something <laughs> no, that reminds no. me of that person, I know they'll like it. I'll get it for them. It's more meaningful. I like that. I like what I really like doing. And my friend Jim was so good at this. So like. Hi. <laughs> I'm, I'm pleased you turned to me to show me the full effect of your yawn. I mean, what was really... It was a suppressed yeah, no, was really generous. Oh, did, oh, the, oh, okay, oh, be oh. me, talking. You went like this, went, you went, you went. That's for you. Okay, I really, like, I really like it when you're shopping and you see, if I, like you, Zoe, if I see something and I think, oh my God, that really, like for your mum, I'll often see a book or something, I think, oh, my God, that'll make Betty laugh. And then you think, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll get that. You know, Absolutely. So, yeah. It's hard when you, like, my mum, mum, I never know what to get you, mum. It's just so, you're so hard. A book. Well, she's got thousands of books. Thank you. All right, okay. And on that note, I think we should wrap. We've got to go to yes. um, the gym. No, aren't we touching on... Um... Well, we were going to touch upon <clears throat> it. It always feels slightly like uh, we're minimising the, the significance now? of it, but... Suffice it to say, I think the Israel-Palestine crisis at the moment, um, obviously the war has started again, or the, the, the Israel's kind of bombardment has started again, important for balance to say that, you know, missiles have been fired out of southern Gaza too at the end of the pause and hostilities. I'll tell you what's something that's worrying me slightly is I feel like we're getting even, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm receiving or seeing even less news about what's actually happening at the moment. Now, that could be one of two things. It's either not as severe or it's just as severe, but there's more of an effective uh, uh, sort of refusal to cover it or uh, there's more of a successful um, sort of propaganda yes. war or mission to close down uh, any it's extremely coverage. severe exactly. as far as I can see. The bombardment is absolutely yeah. relentless. Um, they're now extremely worried about airborne diseases, infectious diseases that are spreading. We have so many orphaned children. We have, uh, I, I posted something yesterday and I'm going to do more on this. I, I really am just tired of hearing myself just say children because it's almost like if I say anything other than children, uh, you know, we lose sympathy and empathy. The men of Gaza. <sighs> hmm. 
so videos of what they are going through as well. And we've got to start saying the people of Gaza and stop only focusing on the children. It's horrific what's happening to the children, of course, because we have so many orphans. And now we have so many amputees and these children need so much care. It, um, what's his name? Andrew Marr did a brilliant interview yesterday with um, a surgeon who specialises in this. And he mm. said, you know, the care that they're going to need after the amputations, mm. where's that going to come from? So it is it is a dire, dire situation. And of course, there are still hostages in there that potentially could be bombed and whatever else. So I mean, it some... should be absolutely still be spoken about. And some of the most, well, yeah, no, no, and I'm not suggesting no, that. No, no, I mean, what, what, what I'm saying is, is that I, th I think for the vast majority of people who don't have a sort of familial, we have a family connection there, we have a cultural connection there, we have a... <laughs> You don't even need one of those to have a humanitarian interest there. I think the the disproportionate imbalance that's still there is 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 so obvious. But I am slightly concerned, if I'm honest, that I'm noticing uh, a lessening appetite to to cover it, which is what happens, it happens with news. Ukraine. Yeah. It happens with it happens with most conflicts. I think one of the important things, um, one of the really important things to sort of stress here is is that um, one has to look to um, how this ends, this current sort of aggression. And I think America, uh, for the first time, we're beginning to hear from the US, from Kamala Harris as well, um, a, a, a repositioning of the significance and importance of Palestinian civilians. Uh, too, little, too, li too little too late for the 15,000 who are dead. Um, and the over 40,000 who are horrifically injured and the over with a health system that has completely collapsed. Yeah, and, and, and also with the vast majority of the population within an ever-tightening tightening zone. There is talk about them. So America are, I think, trying to put in place all sorts of kind of demands like safe zones, safe areas. Um, they are how these get enacted, how these are protected when the bombing still, you know, still happens around these areas. It's really hard. I think we've talked about this a little bit, and this presents one of the problems, which is one of the other topics which we're kind of slightly kind of removed from, which is how to deal with the Israel Hamas Palestine thing in a school scenario. I think that's almost relevant to everyone is how do you sort of talk to anyone in your family who doesn't have an intimate understanding of it or an intimate under or, or, or interest? You know, people just so many people are obviously going about their lives and this is one thing that's there in the background in the of news course. and it's you know it's not always necessarily and i'm sure this is the case for so many people here it's not always a case that you are inhumane lacking in compassion have you know if you're not dealing with it not facing it not looking at the horror of it every minute so i think it's really important to say mm. you're not a bad person if you're not engaging and I think where you pretend you not become a bad person, but I think where you need to be careful is where if you start to express an opinion or a strong opinion on it, and you're not looking at it from a as well an informed position as you possibly can, aren't willing to embrace the fact that this is much more complicated than simply happening on October, starting on October the 7th, because it didn't, you know, that was an, an atrocious moment, which has kind of pumped the whole thing back into the public eye. And I think a really interesting thing about that moment is that you know more and more younger people research polls are showing that much younger people uh, are having a much more ambivalent and ambiguous attitude to what it means to be either a Palestinian uh, Hamas or wanting to in any way defend your own country because I think we've got into we've kind of we've kind of drifted into this really complicated really dangerous and difficult scenario where Effectively, we've 
collectively, because we've prescribed Hamas as a, as a terrorist organization, we've kind of collectively said that the Palestinians, certainly in Gaza, have no right to any form of self-defense, because how can that self-defense ever be explained or justified unless you get on board with the idea that Israel is controlling that land, it's an apartheid system, it's an occupying force, etc. Now, the self-defense argument of Israel, we, we talked about the yeah, absolutely right. To self-defend, absolutely. It's the point at which self-defense. Where self-defense goes way beyond that into regime change, into cultural change, to displacement, to occupation. But also then there has to come a point of where is it when at what I think the question I would like everyone to ask themselves stop? now is at what point is it okay for a Palestinian man family person to say, I don't want this to happen? And at what point does them not wanting it to happen? and then defending themselves, spill into being a member of Hamas or just pushing back against Israel. Because you could argue that for some, they feel that the political way of doing it doesn't work. Look at the West Bank. In the West Bank, we've got a real problem here where there is constant incursions going on, Mm. constant incursions. And then the only news coverage, as I talked about on Friday, that we get is the tragic moment when the Israelis were killed at the bus stop. Yes, that's tragic, but we don't hear the context of all the other people, all the Palestinians, all the people in the West Bank that have also been killed. So we we only ever receive a one-sided story. We genuinely do. Story. I mean, and it's quite genuinely astonishing. It, it's quite, yeah. So I just want to just play this very quickly. Just listen to this. It's US Defense Secretary. And if you drive them into the arms of the enemy, you replace a tactical victory with a strategic defeat. So I have repeatedly made clear to Israel's leaders that protecting Palestinian civilians in Gaza is both a moral responsibility and a strategic imperative. This kind of a fight, the center well, just of to clarify, who's that? Uh, so this is the sorry, sorry. This is the U.S. Um, United States uh, Defense. Uh, they don't call minister. U.S. Defense, defense Secretary, Secretary Lloyd Austin, and that's the first time I've heard. I'm sure it, maybe it's happened before. Moral. Uh, that that's the first time I've heard that word coming from the American government. And also, I think it's really important. A moral responsibility. And also, I think embedded within that, it's really important that what we're hearing there, and isn't it awful that we're all only going to start to say, oh, it's all right to say this now, America's saying it, when, you know, so all of everyone else who was saying it before that is, is, is maligned as somehow a sort of terrorist support. What's coming out of America increasingly now, and it should have come out sooner, is this idea that if you pulverize a nation and a population, you will radicalize them. His point there That's is you will lose the war. You might win the battle, theoretically, but you won't win and how did they learn that the americans what disaster did we have what did what did they do (laughs) how did isis come about well look at vietnam i mean you know (laughs) they didn't win i mean when are these lessons going to be learned so you know i think there's a clear connection being being struck even by american Mm. america the frustration i get with this is as america turns in this slow sort of fashion towards some kind of you know humanistic, humanitarian kind of perspective on the thing, everyone who's been characterised as a terrorist or a hate marcher and everyone else suddenly is all chiming from the same song sheet. Uh, Hang on a minute. Why why was the fact that we were saying this so much sooner somehow wrong? I mean, you know, it's like, oh, oh, so we are talking about the fact that there isn't a right number of people to kill. We are, because I want to know what the number is. What is the number? Who's Who's got the number? 
So obviously somewhere there's Where's, a kind of collateral damage. Because this is damage. revenge. This is revenge. And what is the number? When, when will that revenge be sated? When there's nobody there? Hmm. I don't know. Um, um, Jennifer, I just really wanted to, to, to read out. Jennifer there, she's gone, but... She, Jennifer was saying that her husband doesn't want to watch, I think, or engage in the news because he feels powerless over it. And she feels very much she should watch it. And I really sympathise with that. That must be so difficult. It's like for me, a lot of my friends, just I can't talk to them about this thing. And it's such a huge thing for me and for my family. You know, I spoke to my parents yesterday in Jordan. They said it's just so depressing over there and it's just so sad. And, of course, they're having doctors coming back and forth and they're getting stories like you wouldn't believe of what's happening. And I find it so hard when you can't engage with people that you care about. So <clears throat> we will continue to talk about this, as we say, always at the end of the show, just for people that don't. So you come and chat to us, Jennifer. Yeah, we'll talk to you. And just finally, I just wanted to show you this. The the just a final clip that I want to show you. Quite quite dramatic. What is happening with this compulsion to throw things at people in public? It's really weird. Check this out. <gasps> that was. Oh uh, that my was, uh, God. Uh, I think this was in South America. This was a sort of standing ovation for the cast of Dune. But what? Watch again. Right in the eye. Why are people throwing things at stages? That's what, what was it? They threw, they threw oh, it. Actually, I can't, it was a piece of plastic, I think. But, but isn't it weird? <sighs> weird. You know what's going what's to happen eventually? They're going to have to be fucking... Like the Blues Brothers. Mesh in remember front when they had mesh? any show. I mean, it was quite funny in the Blues Brothers. What is happening to yeah. us as human beings? My God almighty. <laughs> okay, guys, we're going to go. We're going to go. <laughs> have a lovely day. Obviously, <laughs> Vlogmas 4 will be landing tonight. God. Yeah. Seven o'clock, and um, we can. Uh, I'll be there doing a premiere, so I will nice. be there chatting to you whilst watching it. The premiere is so fun, it aren't live they? Seven, but it's uploaded anyway. Yeah. But but if, then we will have a bit of a chat. Bit of a chin All right, we're going to wave now. See you later.